We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions, a Q&A style show covering whatever our subscribers feel like hearing about. And it's presented by Macadoodles, your one-stop shop for beer, wine, and spirits. Now in Kansas City, the latest episode of 21 Questions begins now. What's up, everybody, and welcome to 21 Questions, brought to you by our good pals at Macadoodles. Listen, if you've never been into a Macadoodles, you need to rectify this as soon as possible. They have the best prices that you are going to find on your liquor. They have the best selection that you are going to find on your liquor and the best customer service to recommend things that you didn't even know you needed for your liquor. So if you are in the area and if you're in Kansas City, you have one in Lee's Summit, Missouri. You need to get there. It is one of my very favorite places in the whole entire world. And I am here doing 21 questions with one of my very favorite people in the whole entire world. Tucker D. Franklin. Tucker, my friend, I don't know that I've seen you since Vegas, man. Like, it, it has been a long time. I've missed you, buddy. It's very good to see your face. It's great to see your face as well, Craig. You've been on the, quite the 21 questions run recently. Uh, um, man, I, I'm a man of the people. You man are. Man of the people there. The, and you are the people, you are the person that the people want to hear from. So, I don't, I think it's, I think it's on par. I think it's on brand. You love Macadoodles, so it only makes sense. I'm just glad to be joining you. And hey, I got something cool to show you. Can I can I show you this? Yes. This, yes, this is going to be a very bad. This is going to be very bad for the uh, audio listeners on the podcast. That's okay. I'm I'll describe it. But uh, describe here it. we go. Here we go. I'm going to take my headphones okay. off. Okay. Tucker's taking his headphones off. He's leaning back. He's picking it up and picking up a giant tin sign that says 360 Vodka and KC Sports Network tackling Kansas City's thirst and hometown Sports. Tucker, where are those signs going, man? Well, it's going to go on my wall eventually. <laughs> I needed to show this off because, like, you can get 360 vodka at McAdoodles. Sure. Uh, they're gonna, there's gonna be plenty of signs. Hey, just you know what? Just like keep an eye out because you could see them popping up wherever you get your 360 vodka, wherever you get your holiday distil- holiday distillery favorites, because they got a lot of good stuff. And uh, they, you could, you could see these signs coming up. So um, nice. Uh, keep nice. an eye out. Keep an eye out for that. So this is 21 questions. This is the question and answer podcast cold from the people who have asked questions of us on the KCSN Discord. If you are a subscriber to KCSN, you have access to that KCSN Discord. There's a lot of fun stuff that's happening over the past couple of weeks here on 21 questions. I've been talking about how there's a member mock going on, how they're getting ready to do a giant mock draft that is coming up in the coming month here. Everybody just got done picking their teams today. The day that we are recording this, they just got done picking the teams that they want to. There are already people that are getting ready to wheel and deal players for draft picks. Like, it's a big, serious thing that's happening here. So much so. And we're letting pre agency play out so that people know what team needs are and everything like that. There are people that are getting actually distraught by rumors and things, people that are linked to various teams because they don't want to be responsible for those moves, even though they're right. in this fictional world here. So anyway, in that Discord, you can ask questions in the 21 Questions channel. That's where all of these are coming from. We are going to start, and you're going to notice, Member Mock is part of this because all the people involved in it 
have changed their names to their teen association now. So a lot of similar people asking questions, but different names. Zach Other Loomis, the Cowboys co-GM, asks a post-combine question. What player whose film was okay is going to get overdrafted in the first? And what player whose film is great but will fall to the second because of the combine? I mean, I'm going to kind of start with this. Um, I do think that you're going to see a player like Nolan Smith. I, I don't know. Overdrafted maybe is the wrong term there because a guy that's testing that well, it's hard to overdraft him. And he's got some production, but that combine was so eye-popping. You heard Joe Cullen rattling off those numbers off the top of his dome during the podcast that he did with KCSN. That is sticking with a lot of teams. So I think that he probably had the biggest jump of everybody. And then a player whose film is good but will fall into the second because of the combine. Oh, man. Tucker, do you have anybody that jumps to mind there? I'm trying to think of like an offensive or defensive lineman that maybe isn't going as high now. Yeah, I don't I don't know. The combine was weird for offensive linemen because you did have a couple of guys get hurt in the 40 and then you have yeah. the guy tear his ACL in the uh yeah. on-field drills and then the bench press 38 times which was insane by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one that I thought of for the first category which was uh maybe not great tape but did really well. I don't know if it'll be overdrafted either. It's Anthony Richardson. Like I think he yeah. I kind of like to a T. He had a really good combine. He performed really well. It wasn't a surprise that he was athletic, right? I think that like his athleticism is shown on the tape. You can see that on the field. Uh, he's good, at, at, but there were sometimes some spots in Florida, especially early on in the season, where that really didn't translate. Uh, so it's one of those things where the uh, the system that he goes to is going to be very important. And maybe those teams up at the top might not have the right system, but I think a lot of those guys that maybe didn't that the combine hurt them. I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I got one. Okay, go ahead. I got one here. Um, I'm going to say Brian Branch, uh, uh, yeah. safety out of Alabama. I, I don't think that he tested poorly necessarily. He purposely tested with the cornerbacks because he wanted to be associated with that group. The cornerbacks tested so well that Brian Branch, by comparison, was now in like the bottom third of a lot of the testing that was done. So it looks a lot worse for him. Now, the safeties tested pretty well as well. I think he would have been about the middle of the pack of uh, of that group of players. I think people thought he was going to be maybe a little bit more explosive, a little bit better. His film is great. Like, it is um, legitimately great. But I think there were enough questions about him athletically initially that he was going to be a little bit lower. I think Kyle Hamilton has a lot to do with that. Coming out of Notre Dame last year, did not test well, fell in the draft, was pretty good this season, but not great, maybe not deserving of as early of a pick as it was. So people were already kind of hedging on Brian Branch. This might be a guy that's available at pick 31. I'm sprinting the podium if I'm the Chiefs. I know it's not necessarily a huge position of need, but man, yeah, Brian Branch might be a guy that, is a little bit of a casualty because all the other DBs tested so well. I do want to talk about the DB group, but I want to talk about Julius Prince because Julius Prince uh, did have a good combine. He measured really well, and I went to look at his 40. I was writing a script for a YouTube short I'm going to be doing, and I went to look at his 40. I was like, okay, where did this rank with like the cornerbacks? Like, And he ran a 4-5, which is very respectable as a, as a defensive back. But every other like deep like he was like in the bottom third or bottom third, I think, with like in terms of forty because all of these other DBs are running so yeah. well. And yeah. and I remember seeing that and thinking like, Oh my gosh, like these DBs are fast this year. Um, I don't know yeah. what it was. It might have been the turf, like 'cause there were some there were some quick times this year, but I just think it's just like evolution of like these guys training for this, uh, for the combat for in these forties and yeah. So this D B group should be exciting. And Craig, as you mentioned, branch is there, that'll be a fun one. Uh, I'd, that I'd would be, be a fun. I'd be all right with that. Yeah, I I do want to say, not going to reveal any of the tier one CBAT uh, yeah. people. You'll have to subscribe or go buy the KCSN draft guide for that. My article about the predictive measuring of cornerbacks, and it's been very predictive as of you know the past decade and a half now. There has never been a year where the where we walked away from a combine where we had zero bottom tier testers there were zero this year wow absolutely none tested in the very bottom tier that i have charted most years even at the combine that are picking the best of the best there's still four or five 
none this year. Absolutely zero. An insane athletic quarterback class. So, yeah. well, I'll deny it off of that. All right. Here we go. We've got uh, Grayson Jaspers asks, are the Chiefs more likely to trade up or trade back out of their round one pick? Tucker, what do you feel like here? I, I've gotten the feeling, and maybe this is just personally of like what I want them to do, so I'm seeing this through like a jaded lens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that they could do something uh, by trading up and they can get a guy like they did last year with uh, with Trent McDuffie. Not necessarily move up a whole lot of spots, but move up enough spots to where you're not going to get the last pick right of the first round um, and to get a guy who is uh, who might have a little bit more... Pedigree might be the word coming into the coming into the draft like that, but I think was it the first time right last year that Brett Veach traded up? Was that is that correct? Yeah. Um, correct. And I I think that it's hard to say that that's going to be like a trend, but the Chiefs have so many picks this year. Um, so the Chiefs have a lot, and I would love to see them move up at least once because um, they don't need to make twelve picks or <laughs> however they have fifteen now with the new comp picks out or something like that. So. Um, they've got that many picks. They don't have enough room for 15 guys on the roster. Um, so I'd like to see them kind of package them together, move up a little bit and get a guy that has a bit higher pedigree. It's why a trade like Kadarius Tony, nobody was really sweating, giving up that for it. Right. You know, it's one of those, it's like, even if it doesn't work out, like you've had, you have so many picks in the draft that you don't really worry about it. And then it obviously is going to work out and has worked out so far. I think that they are very much more likely to move up in round one. I think that it is a top-heavy class. I think that the positions that the Chiefs have the biggest holes in, you've got to move up pretty significantly to rectify them in the way that you're going to feel comfortable. And as I wrote on the KCSN subsect this week, Andy Reid has never not spent a first-round draft pick on his starting left tackle whether that be i mean if you go back here he spent a first rounder on orlando brown jr i know they got a second back but he did spend a first rounder on that obviously spins 1.1 overall on eric fisher trades a first round draft pick for jason peters and then the year before andy got there the Eagles spent the number 11 pick of the draft on trey turner those are the four left tackles that andy reed has had his first choice starters in 24 years that's insane. Four. That's insane. And all of those guys were all pro caliber players. Pro Bowls, definitely. All pro, they flirted with it. A lot of those guys did make first team all pros, made some second team all pros, but he does not mess around with left tackle. I think they're going to move up. I think that they're going to try maybe to move up pretty aggressively to get one of those top guys. I'd love it. I think that that helped. Yep. So, yeah. All right, Lee 87, the New York Giants co-GM. At what point in the first round would it take for Jalen Carter to fall for the Chiefs to pull the trigger? This is a toughie. I don't know that the Chiefs want to touch Jalen Carter or not. Like, it's this is rough. For those who don't know, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia, um, was part of the incident that uh, resulted in the deaths of some uh, Georgia players this past or this past season street racing um now obviously he was arrested or i, I guess technically he was arrested wasn't he when he was at the combine yeah so he booked uh, yeah. yeah so booked he was then... booked came back to the combine i obviously faced it head on i do think that nfl teams like that charles robinson mentioned that some nfl teams were like oh wow like he's not shying away from this he's going to come and answer questions about all of that jaylen carter is a top three talent in this draft and it kind of reminds me a little bit of like when Jeffrey Simmons came out Jeffrey Simmons was a top four or five talent in the draft and fell due to character concerns he fell to the late teens if he's there in the late teens I I think it would be tough for Brett Veach to sit on his hands and not view the value there of an elite defender on the defensive line. Yes, I know there are other holes, but you put him next to Chris Jones, and that is a monster, terrifying duo. It kind of reminds me of some concerns, too. You know, remember the Larry Mate Tunsil thing, obviously not to the same extent, um, that, that had to uh, 
to get him to that point. But there are a lot of guys there too. I think the interesting part for me about the whole Jalen Carter situation, he flew back to Athens at when he was at the combine. The the news released like thirty minutes before he was supposed to speak to the media. Um talk about timing. Uh and he he left Indianapolis, flew to Athens, was booked, released on four thousand dollars uh bond, not bail. Um and flew back to Indianapolis for the combine, was on the field for all of the uh, drills with the defensive end group and, and the defensive tackles that were that day. He was on the field with them. I, I don't believe he participated in any of them. No, um, he was there. Yeah. He was, he was there. So uh, I think, Craig, I think you're right. I mean, the, the sentiment that I heard around Indianapolis is I don't think he's going to get to the teens. But if he gets to the teens still, um, that's one of those points where you gotta you got to at least be making some phone calls. And, and listen, Brett Veach is going to be doing his job. He's going to be making those phone calls anyway sure. for pick of the draft. But you gotta you got to kind of turn up the calls a little bit once he gets past that number 10, I think. I think so, too. And he's 6'3", 314, yeah. big enough yeah. to play. Uh, you know, you want to you line him up as a one-tech. He's a scary one-tech. You can kick him out to three-tech. Steve Spagnuolo loves to have those kind of defensive line shifts. Those two guys in the middle, but I, I mean, you better have a stud interior offensive line because one of those two is getting through on almost every play. Like it, it really would be a move that would make more of an impact, I think, than pretty much any other move that you can make on defense. And this team desperately needs an edge rusher. <laughs> so yeah, it, it it would be massive. Absolutely. And then you think, I mean, think about it too from the contracts perspective this oh, I mean, goes for any any sort of guy but like a guy like Jalen Carter on a rookie deal with you have Chris Jones where you can possibly you know give him an extension make this year's cap hit a little bit easier you could do a lot more with a guy on a rookie deal like that yeah absolutely um several questions here that that came in right after the Orlando Brown not tagging news so shout out Matthew McNabb Chief Golden Co you know these guys asked about you know options for left tackle We've been talking about it on the lab all week. Yeah. Go listen to those. We, we're going to give you plenty. Plenty of options there. So Nick asks, we know that the 2019 draft guide had a first round grade on Clellan Farrell. Yes, it did. We we actually had him as our number four overall pet player <laughs> in there. Went number four overall to the Raiders. I think both the KCSN draft team and the Las Vegas Raiders regret that decision. <laughs> How does the draft guy team feel four years later as a potential fit from free agency? I mean, I, it's not just a draft guide team. I, I mentioned a little bit on the lab. He's a buy low candidate here. Like he's not going to cost hardly anything. I can see Brett Veach gambling on the talent. I really can't. He's got the mm. length. He's got kind of the stoutness. He, he's got the athletic ability. It's just never put it all together. And he's been in Vegas the entire time that he's been there. Hasn't been the best coaching that he's gotten along that defensive line. It's not like they put a bunch of studs out there lately. So a guy that maybe you look at, and I'm, I, I say not a bunch of studs, Max Crosby's a stud. But, you know. Is it, you, though? Yeah. But you look at Clellan Farrell, maybe he just needs a change of scenery. Maybe he just needs a Joe Cullen. I, I could see the Chiefs taking a gamble on a guy like that. Listen, meeting Joe Cullen in person, that, that Boston accent caught me off guard. Uh, I did not realize that he was from that area, and once he spoke, I was like, "I am now fixated on every word that you have to say," um, because I'm not listen. I'm not gonna listen to anything else. You have my focus. Um, no, I, I think that's really interesting. I think he could benefit from coming to a place where nece- where the pressure isn't necessarily as high, right? Being the fourth overall pick, coming in, you're kind of expected a whole lot, and if he comes into Kansas City, he probably doesn't have those same expectations. And I think that that could really uh, that. That could help him out, kind of. Craig, as you mentioned, is like a change of scenery. Um, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I don't necessarily think that he would be a um, a premier piece. I think he'd be more of a rotational guy. Um, but I think that that could be good for him at this point in his career. Absolutely. And I mean, we we've seen guy. I mean, Mike Dana had a huge resurgence this year. The guy that the Chiefs still like. I'm not saying he'd replace Mike Dana, but they like to throw waves at. Mm-hmm you know, at offensive lines. They like to keep guys fresh. And Joe Cullen even talked about it. We're just going to recap the entire Joe Cullen episode because it was so great. But Joe Cullen even talked about keeping guys fresh, getting guys a breather so that they can play fast. And I I don't know. It might just be a mentality change. Obviously, the talent was there. I think that everybody liked him. He was unanimously a first-round pick. I think at the time, we thought maybe a guy that was potentially available 
in the early 20s that you might have to trade up for about the same spot as, you know, a Montez Sweat. So it, it it's a tough position to be in to get drafted that high, to have the expectations of that, and then to not live up to them early. Yeah, A guy like Arden Key comes to mind, where all the expectations in the world were on him, and it took to the point where basically people hadn't given up on him, but they kind of moved on. It was like, okay, he's not going to be that guy. We're not expecting him to be that guy. That pressure comes off. He goes to a good defensive line coach, goes to a good defensive line, and now all of a sudden it starts clicking for him. He starts making an impact for multiple different teams. Clella Farrell, definite buy-low candidate that could be there. We're going to take a small break, and we will be back right after this. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Folks, i got to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Athletic Greens. I've been taking AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day, and I gave it a try because I wanted to get that better gut health. I wanted to uh, have the sustained energy. you got to support the immune system, especially this time of the year. And I hated taking all those pills and vitamins to actually get all those supplements, and it tastes great as well. I take it in the morning before I start my day, before I make that cup of coffee, and it makes me feel ready to take on everything that we've got going on here at KCSN. And you know, all great athletes take care of their body. I'm not the same kind of athlete as Patrick Mahomes, but I still like to take care of my body. And that's when uh, I've been going to AG1. That's why I'm a huge fan. You get all that nutrition in just one little cup. It's it's a great, it's great for long-term gut health support as well. With 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplemental routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. That's athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right. Now back to more of your questions here. We've got one from our guy, Christian going by the name of Kay Goodell now because he's running the member mock. He is our Roger in the KCSN Discord. Said, if you flipped this year's championship game results, who are the new GOATs and the biggest losers of all time? So basically he's saying, Eagles lose, Chiefs lose. Who is being considered one of the greatest of all times? Because Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid now get vaulted into that conversation by even making the Super Bowl, certainly yeah. winning it. But that's gone now. Do we see the Cincinnati Bengals making back-to-back Super Bowls as now, you know, this is the team to live up for? I mean, there, there's a case to be made that that they might be elevated to the AFC's best if they beat the Chiefs in back-to-back AFC championship games. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, I don't... They would have had to play the Niners without a quarterback. Um, oh man, yeah, that would have been a that would have been a that would have been a win. God. You you want to well, I mean, but think about it this way: you want to talk about goats. Kyle Shanahan gets elevated as one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> if he puts that team without a quarterback in there, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan in his whole career as coaching the San Francisco 49ers has ever had a consistent quarterback. Ever. Um, I don't, I don't think so, which is kind of crazy to think about because they made the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. They went to the NFC Championship game this year. Um, they've been always respectable. There's not hasn't been a moment where you, all the Niners are bad. 
uh, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that probably you talk a little bit more about Kyle Shanahan. Right? We still talk about Kyle Shanahan all the time because of his uh, his offense is very good. Uh, I hate it. I, as a defensive guy, I hate yeah. watching it. There's too much there. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Uh, but I, I just really, I think Joe Burrow probably, as much as Kansas City fans don't want to hear it, they will hear. They would hear a lot about Joe Burrow, um, just because of uh, the situation of going to back-to-back Super Bowls, probably winning one, and then you would have to deal. You would have to hear with. Uh, Oh, Joe Burrow has as many Super Bowls as Patrick Mahomes. Now it's going to take at least two years for Joe Burrow to get to that point, um, oh, yeah. which is good to kind of hold <laughs> that off for a little bit. Um, no, that's okay. But they got to pay the piper now. All these young players, all of a sudden, they, they do, and they are notoriously cheap. Uh, that oh. front off or that ownership group is, and uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with those guys in this kind of these coming years. Joe Burrow has every right to ask for fifty-five million, mm-hmm. based on the way the quarterback market is shaping up here. That is sixty, probably. To, say, it's a, hey, you want to tell me that he's getting paid six? I I can't argue it. I mean, I really can't. So got to pay for all those sunglasses somehow. He's already paid for, for him, buddy. How oh how extravagant do the sunglasses get all of a sudden? Right, you got to pay for the fur coat somehow. You gotta <laughs> just like just like the Bengals have to pay the piper. Joe Burrow's got to pay his his stylist, so I mean he's got to he's got to get that big contract. Here for it. How do we get him a more expensive stylist to drive up their cap? Mm. It's a good. This a good is, this, these are the questions that that we need to answer. This is why you come to Twenty One Questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I think the Christian was also kind of talking all time there, and if it's all time, Jim Kelly is the, yeah. the goat. Yeah, easily. All of a sudden, you made that man the goat. Because the Buffalo Bills win four straight Super Bowls, and yeah, that it's over. Like, yeah, four straight would be absolutely insane. It's just wild. I don't know why that's not talked about enough. Like, that's not I, talked about. They went to four straight Super Bowls and lost every single one of them. I that thirty for thirty is great, by the way, absolutely great. Yeah. To be fair, I did not know that that happened. I knew that they'd gone to four Super Bowls. I didn't know they were all in a row until that forty for the thirty for thirty came out. Oh, I got fours on the brain. I did not know that, uh, and I thought that that was absolutely crazy. That just living in the, this America, how we cannot just know that the Buffalo Bills lost four straight Super Bowls. That needs to be on people's forefront of their minds more. Uh, that's my mission to you, Chiefs fans. Make sure people know that. Living in Tugger D. Franklin's America here, you know. <laughs> so, no, I, I very obviously remember that because uh, I was old enough to go through the emotions of, oh, crap, the Bills are running this AFC again when Joe Montana was there. And yeah. it was it was not a – it was a fun time to be a Chiefs fan, but, man, really kind of sucked watching them be that good. All right. Um, let's see here. We're going to go with Woodman here. Just joined the Discord very recently. What makes the most sense for the next five years? Trading multiple picks to move up in the draft to get a potential but yet unproven NFL left tackle with a lower cap number or trading those picks to trade for a proven one to pay now? There's a lot of this going around. I mean, we can put names on this even. Do you trade multiple picks for Broderick Jones to try and anchor your left tackle position for the next five years? Or do you trade multiple picks and pay $23, $24 million for Laramie Tunsil yeah. coming off of the Houston Texans. Both guys are probably going to pay play all five years. Laramie Tunsil been very healthy. He yeah. has been re- very, very, very healthy. I, I mean, he's missed a couple games here and there, but nothing, nothing serious. He is a top three left tackle. Broderick Jones, what are you hoping for? To be a top three left tackle. I... I don't know how you feel, Tucker. I, I've got takes, but I'm going to let you jump off here first. I I find the Laramie Tunsil situation interesting. Um, I, I don't have his contract numbers in front of me. I'll pull it up here in a little bit. But um, do you know off the top of your head how much he has left on the deal that he has that he's currently oh, on? He's got one year left, and it is a $35 million cap hit. The Texans are doing something. That's why Laramie yeah, Tunsil's yeah. name is being thrown around. No real concrete rumors. They just can't pay that cap hit. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes all sense. If you're going to trade for him, you're going to restructure that year. And Absolutely. You're going to push everything down the road because 
listen, just like me, NFL teams are just kicking the can down the road because that's a future use problem. They're letting future them figure it out. I'd look at the, what the New Orleans Saints have done. Um, they're just that's like we'll figure that out eventually. Like we'll get to it. Soon. But the New Orleans Saints are making deals that are like after you're dead. Like <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and a lot of their deals are like we're gonna give you a seven year contract, but actually only two of these years are real. Yeah. Um. And, but yeah. It's it's not like me actually. Um. But I think that uh, what it comes down to is I I personally like the proven commodity. Right. You know what you're gonna get. But a guy you're going to have to pay a lot of money for. Um, and obviously, Patrick Mahomes, you eventually have to pay him the money, right? You, you you can you can restructure all you want. Like, you can keep restructuring the deal, but eventually the money's going to have to come out. Um, and if you if you can trade up, and you know, Broderick Jones is, is one that's really interesting to me because uh, probably now they're going to have to trade up for him, but... Uh, he is unproven, but like getting a guy like that for five years on a rookie deal is is really enticing, and it's almost just like, man, do you just you do that and just kind of hope that, you know, listen, here's a, here's another thing, okay, the two tackles that the Kansas City Chiefs had allowed the most pressures. They were number one and number two according to PFF. Can it can't get worse than that? It literally, it honestly cannot get worse than that, right? Hmm? I Tucker, Tucker, did you watch the twenty twenty Super Bowl? I did, but you, you, you can't get worse than allowing the most pressures in the league, um, statistically proven. And and I will say, um, Patrick Mahomes is is kind of a kind of a band aid, a cure all for that because like Patrick Mahomes was in the top five of like not at least sacked quarterbacks, uh-huh. even though his tackles allowed the most pressures. So it's one of those things where, like, okay, can you trust a rookie, trust a guy who has been unproven to play left tackle and kind of figure it out and let Patrick Mahomes kind of cure all of it? Probably. You probably can do that. Is it the most cost-effective way to do it? Probably. That's probably the most cost-effective way. But would Laramie Tunsil be a lot more fun on the offensive line? Yeah. yeah. That'd be a lot more yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's the that's kind of why I threw out Broderick Jones because if I threw out Anton Harrison, like I know what my answer is. Like I like Anton Harrison a lot out of Oklahoma, but he doesn't hold the candle to what Laramie Tunsil is going to do over the next five years. Big Broad Broderick Jones has a chance to hold the candle to what it is. You are gambling on something special there. I would one thousand percent give up more for Big Broad than I would for to trade for Laramie Tunsil just because that gives you a little bit of cap flexibility. And not only that, you just heard me say it. Like Andy Reid's had four left tackles in 24 years in as a start. It's still insane to think about. You want to tell me that he's going to add a young Broderick Jones to that equation? Chances are good. He's going to have five for like the next 29, 30 31, 32 years. Like he he runs his left tackles into the ground. This Orlando Brown Jr. situation is just a little bit different than what he has done in the yeah. past. But man, I I would definitely trade up if I had the opportunity. Before before you move on. Yes. Roderick Jones, uh, we're all here. We're fans of the RAS score, relative athletic score. Oh yes, yes. Nine point four three. That's on the RAS. Pretty that's pretty yeah. elite. He's an elite mover. With length. And Andy Reid loves those two things. Just ask Jess Al- Jeff Allen sometime mm-hmm. about that. He will be he will be very effusive in several players that Andy Reid has drafted that were just elite movers and law. Yeah. So yep. Andy Reid, notorious size queen. Yeah. The toasty Cardinals GM, uh, by the way, congratulations to Positive and toasty over there. Got engaged. I'm getting there. So uh, he asks, if the Chiefs had the number one pick this year, what would they do with it? Tucker, what you think? They'd trade back. Um, I think that they would trade back, collect those, collect those assets, pick swap, maybe another additional uh, first round pick. Um, do the old Ryan Poles approach with the with the first round pick. Um, uh, but I don't know. Wouldn't it be fun to, for them to draft Will Anderson? Like, wouldn't that be sick? Um, How about if they trade back to four and still, still draft, draft Will Anderson? Anderson. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> right, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have the quarterback problems that you know the Bears don't 
reportedly don't have. Um, they, they wouldn't have the. There'd be a lot of teams like uh, the Texans wanted to move up, Colts wanted to move up, so they could still get a uh, a pretty decent slot uh, in the top ten. Um, as if they can still get a really good player. So I think you have to. I think you have to trade back. See, I would. I would be especially interested in trading back, gaining a future year's first next year. Because Chiefs yeah. are going to have some for, some holes. I would. I would be in the market for that. So maybe you trade back a couple of picks, gain a future first in a year that everybody's gonna want to come up. And if you are gaining some. Uh, one from a team that's picking in the top three or four, chances are good it's going to be in the top ten again. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of teams that are moving up for quarterbacks next year. A lot of them this year too, but a lot of teams are going to move up for quarterbacks. Just stay put, draft two elite players, offensive tackle, defensive end in consecutive years, and mm-hmm. just just be sitting pretty. Gosh, uh, that would be that would be great. And you know what else is great? Go to another break and hear from our great sponsors. We will be back right after this. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. We are back with some more of your questions here. The Patriots co-GM Bill Belichick Nick asks, with the success of so many rookies this season, who do you think is at the greatest risk to regress? Maybe a corner after a full season of study, opposing offensive coordinators decide this is the guy to attack. It does seem like offensive coordinators targeted Trent McDuffie because of his size a lot this year. I don't think he'll be the regression candidate. I think you may see teams maybe go back to the well a little bit and say, hey, we're going to try and pick on Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson, maybe not playing the ball great in the air as it's coming towards them. Obviously, both of those guys had interceptions this year. But try and target the boundary a little bit more as we've seen teams do in the past when the Chiefs have had young corners out there. I can definitely see one of those guys being the guys to regress because I mean, fell in the draft for a reason. Brett Veach obviously got great value for him. I love the players. I love their future. But they do have some deficiencies. I think mm-hmm. as teams start to kind of see the way that the Chiefs have to use them based on their scheme, I think you might see a little bit more of teams targeting those two guys specifically. Yeah, I was trying to think on the offensive side of the ball. Is that Chuck had a really good year this year, especially as a seventh round rookie? So I think that maybe just in in terms of numbers, you could. It depends on what the Chiefs do with uh, the running back room this year, because that's a whole can of worms that we could dive into. But like they, Jarek McKinnon's a free agent. They could do something with Clyde. They, um, they still have uh, no. They don't have Melvin Gordon. They sign him to a futures deal. Uh, no, so they, it's like they only have like two running backs on the roster technically right now. Um, I'm sure they'll bring back Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon could have made himself some more money. I don't know if he at this point would want to go right. Like this system just seems like it's so good for Jarek McKinnon. I don't. I don't know. I don't know Jarek McKinnon personally, so I can't answer that question. Uh, but it seemed like the Chiefs should make every effort to bring him back. Um, because that that kind of two headed monster back there with Jarek McKinnon and and Isaiah Pacheco was was incredible. Um, another one that came to my mind is Sky Moore. Maybe if they if they don't bring in that guy to kind of take a little bit of pressure off of Tony and Sky Moore, you could just see a little bit of regression with uh, maybe the load being a little too much for him. Yeah. To carry. Um, and that's the only thing that I worry about when you get into free agency, when you get into, really, I don't even think they can do it in the drafts, is bring in a guy that they can kind of say, all right, this is the guy that's going to be the leader of this group, the veteran leader of this group. They don't really have that right now. And uh, I would love to see another another guy in, in that room. But I think Sky Moore, and that's not to say that they're going to be bad next year, right? I just think that the less impression we have of Sky Moore and Isaiah Pacheco are pretty good impressions, right? Like th- those tastes in our mouths are pretty darn good. And it, and it might be a little bit saltier than you realize uh, when it comes to around to the season. So uh, I don't necessarily think that they're going to have bad seasons, but it could just be a little bit of an adjustment period. as well. Yeah, Sky Moore could have a, 500 yard season and we might look at him in a different light 
than maybe Correct. did this season. Like the the statistics could be better, but you might be like, oh no, that's who he is. You know, mm-hmm. like it might be. Some people got that way with McCole Hardman after yeah. year three, where basically it was like, oh man, well, okay, that, that's who he is. They're going to use him mm-hmm. that way. It's going to be effective. It's going to be what it is, and that's fine. I can see maybe that happening with with him as well. Mm-hmm. Fish, the Panthers co-GM, any bold predictions for the KCSN mock draft 2023 that's happening here in the Discord? Uh, Chris Jones is probably getting traded again. Uh, <laughs> very famously yeah. got traded for a whole haul of picks last year. There's already been some rumors that basically the, the pick price has gone up. Sell high. <laughs> yeah, sell high. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure Chris will get dealt even though whoever's running that clearly wants the Chiefs to keep Chris Jones in real life. Yeah, I I brought up uh I had a, I was on a podcast with Pratt Coleman and we did a KCS an update kind of a free agency primer before the start of the of the tag deadline. Um and I brought up that whole kind of idea of trading Chris Jones like hey, right, kind of what would you do? I mean, you got to kind of think about it from all angles here from Brett Veach's point of view. This is probably the highest that Chris Jones stock's going to be. Probably get a decent haul for him. Do you think about it? And he unequivocally said, absolutely not. You got to extend him. You got to keep him in Kansas City. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people, and I, I personally think that way too, but uh, it was just something that I think is is worth thinking about. And now I will say in, in the mock draft 2023, my bold prediction, someone will trade up for Anthony Richardson at number one. Yes. Yes. I think that somebody is going to trade up for Anthony Richardson at, Anthony Richardson at number one. I'm guessing it's the Lions. I'm not all in. Guessing it's the Lions. I like it. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm i going to love watching that probably more than I love watching the actual draft, at least until the Chiefs pick, and then I'm going to be excited about the Chiefs. But, you know, just watching the wheeling and dealing that occurs there, there's a lot of thought that's put into that. I know the Chris Jones, we're joking about the Chris Jones thing, but they got a legitimate haul for Chris Jones. The logic was sound in what they were doing there. It wasn't just trading him to trade him. So, these are things that like people think a lot about, put a lot of time into. So I'm I'm excited about it. Um, <laughs> Jay the fan one asks, I love this one. If you guys were trying to make the best tester for the combine from the KCSN group, and each KCSN person could only do one event, what combination would you choose, and how high is your RAS? Former KCSN pro athletes are excluded by this. So. I know that we are taking my arm length, and that is my entire contribution to RAS in this. Maybe my height, but I, we, we can take my height and arm length, and yeah. I know that we are definitively taking Tucker's bench press. I was going to say Maddie's bench. Um, uh, yeah, Maddie can't bench. He's very famously admitted that he cannot bench well. That's true. So are we going to take Maddie's jumping? Because I feel like Maddie's a jumper. Yes. Yes. Um, the way Definitely taking going. Maddie's explosion, uh, Maddie's agility. Uh, Maddie's are we stuck with Kins three cone. Then no, we are not. This is this is where I'm going with this. Okay, okay. We're not taking any of Kent's measurement. <laughs> Kent, Kent is not doing anything that accounts for RAS. Kent might be all of our interviews. He's talking to the teams. He's he's being the face of Cutter. Frankenstein RAS monster, but he's the Wonderlick test. He's the Wonderlick tester. Unfortunately, it doesn't count for RAS, but we're not taking any of his stuff. We're barely taking anything from me. So, <laughs> so who would we take? Who's a good? Who's good on foot? Who's good on foot? Who's the fastest? We're gonna let's. Maddie and I do like to sprint through the streets of fake. That's true. <laughs> I, I take Matty strides out, and, I, and, I, and my stride is not very long. I'm just telling you, we can just basically take all of Maddie's stuff except for bench because I think you, with your arm length yeah. and your and your compact nature, are going to be able to put up more reps of 225. I always have been pretty decent. I, I've got a body built for powerlifting. If yeah. no one's seen me in real life, we, I just have talked a, this before. <laughs> I just have a body that's I've, I've got a low center of gravity, compact, short limbs. I'm a power lifter, really, is what I was in my past life. Maybe I should still pursue that. You should. Let's, yeah. let's find out. Be a power. Let's let's get you ready for the combine next year, Tuck. I get test it out and run the run forty. Let's find. 
Let's find out. Like maybe maybe you can have Joe Cullen do your workouts now that you guys are best friends. Yeah. Run it. All right. So <laughs> another another kind of uh, Grayson asks here, what is the worst case scenario realistically for offensive tackle and the defensive end positions? Um, worst case for defensive end is definitely they're going to take Clellan Farrell. They're going to take, you know, um, Zach Allen, and they're just going to run it back with Mike Dana and George Karloftis, and they're going to hope that they don't need like a giant ceiling, that they're just going to get it done with a floor at defensive end. So I, I think that's the worst case of the defensive end. Do you have an offensive tackle one, Tuck? Uh, I, I think Orlando Brown Jr. walks, and then they don't take a tackle at 31, and they don't trade for one. Yikes. That would be bad. Um, Yikes. That would be very bad. Um, thinking that they can go off of a day two tackle to start. Um, Jalen Duncan, who I like, but still, yikes. Yeah, yeah. that one. What I was thinking about uh, defensive end, you got Malik Herring and uh, Joshua Kane, though, out there. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, would be the end of the world. Listen, uh, the floor of that group's high, but... You, I, floor I, for I, a reason. Floor for a reason. <laughs> yeah. The, the distance between the floor and the ceiling might might be Tucker's build. Um, <laughs> we just got done talking about it. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, Nike, the Patriots DEO, uh, dog executive officer. Nike is the is Bill Belichick's dog. Denny said, Craig, what's it like podcasting with an NFL foot influencer? Tucky, Tucker, you, you got to basically make the rounds as the yeah. guy there who identified Andy Reid's four Supremes that he was wearing. Yeah, kind of insane. I know he wore them at uh, Super Bowl media night. Uh, the opening media night, he did wear those. I believe is the same pair. Um, unless Jones Andy Reid's got multiple pairs of Supreme Air Force Ones. He loves uh, white forces, man. Yeah, He does. Wore black forces for the Super Bowl. Those are in the Hall of Fame right now, by the way. Yeah. But uh, some real black force energy out there. Uh, from the Chiefs and and yeah, so I, I he Andy Reid walked by us uh, going up to the NFL Network set is where I took that I was out behind the NFL Network set and I look over I'm sitting there talking with some with some other members of the media I look over and I see like the Supreme logo and I was like um, oh I'm gonna take a picture of this because like those were when they released they were hot like they were I think they were selling for like thousands of dollars in, in the pairs but now they're not like, they're not as much anymore but. I saw that, took a picture of it, and I tweeted out just thinking nothing of it. You know, I like sneakers, so I tweeted it out because I thought, I think it's pretty cool. And apparently a lot of other people thought it was pretty cool, too, is on, like, uh, Complex, uh, Bleacher Report sneakers, Sports Illustrated tweeted it out and posted it on their Instagram. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I just took a picture of shoes. That's it. Influencer. Influencer. I guess. See, li- little did we know. See, here I was bugging you and you know, super producer Jordan foot for my, like I'm, I'm picking out shoes as well. I was like, Hey, I kind of, I kind of like these forces. I think they're pretty dope. What do you guys think about it? Is it oh, you guys should go with it? I was, I was on the train you were. or you were a super influencer for that. Now I probably got to pay you for that. I, I, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't. All right. Uh, we're going to skip down a little ways here. Uh, Joel Penfield says, describe the following players as a beer or a seltzer. If you are, Tucker Franklin here. He puts Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, Creed, Trent McDuffie, Nick Bolton, Tommy Townsend. I think we should each pick one. We'll come back to this a little bit later this offseason. Do I leave Tommy for you, Tucker? No, I've got I've got one in my head. You got one? Now. Okay, yeah. go for it. The first thing, the, the first comparison, Creed Humphrey is a bush light. Like I, he is. He's the human <laughs> personification of bush light. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's from Oklahoma, so I'm sure that he would say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that one's a layup in them. That one is kind of a layup there. I was trying to think of a good one for Tommy, especially how how much he cut loose at the parade. He's I, like a dirty martini, though. For he he kind of is. Yeah, I think he's hard alcohol. Yeah. And so I, I also think that Travis Kelsey also is hard alcohol. So that's really hard to pick a beer, and I did, wouldn't dare associate Patrick Mahomes with a beer after his second MVP season. He is something much richer than that. Um, 
I don't know. I I'm, I think I'm going Nick Bolton. Um, yep. I'm I'm gonna go with a uh, Prairie Artisan Ales bomb. A uh, big, huge, like ten and a half percent imperial stout that has complexity. And if you think that you can handle it and drink it pretty quickly, don't treat it with a proper respect. It will lay you on your ass. So that's Nick Bolton. It'll hit you in the face, too. Hit you in the face. Yes, absolutely. All right, a couple more here. We're going to do Andy Nagel. What two or three players do the Chiefs need to keep that are on the roster? And then he said if there are two or three that are expendable. Who who are two players that you want to keep that are free agents are on the roster right now, Tucker? You mentioned Jarek McKinnon already. Derek McKinnon, I think Andrew Wiley's another one that I think the Chiefs kind of need to resign. He's not expensive, and there's no reason for them not to bring him back. Right. Um, uh, maybe I'll give a third. I think Carlos Dunlap is another one that I think I want to like that. Bring back. Uh, so yeah, that's my three. I like that. Uh, in addition to that, I'm gonna say Colin Saunders. I know Ooh. that his price tag might be a little bit expensive, but I I think he's an ascending player. You know, Joe Colin thinks so too. So bring me back, Carl, uh, Colin Saunders. Um, tag uh, putting an RFA tag on Turk Wharton. I think mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Doesn't cost you very much. Guy who knows the system. Coming off of an injury, his market's probably not huge. Give him that RFA tag and keep him on there. And then, clearly, RFA tagging Tommy Townsend. Like, come on now. You're, you're keeping that dude. He's a pro bowl punter. Pro bowl punter. Not all pro punter. Was he an all pro? He was an all pro. That's right. Yeah. Loose track. So, yeah. So many yeah. awards. So many awards. Man, it really is tough to keep track of all the awards my favorite football team wins all the time and all the rings that they win and all that. Man, but what a time to be alive. Getting heavy. My hand's getting heavy with all these rings. It, it really is. Like, I mean, like, you got to build, like, extra shelves for all these trophies and things. I need another, I need another bookcase back there. You do? Get <laughs> you for all of the, all the collectibles that uh-huh. you got there. All right, Matthew McNabb asks, if you could put one rookie version of a former Chief on this roster right now, who would it be? I'm going to go ahead and exclude Derek Thomas. Um, I, I'm just going to because that's that's the easiest one in the world. My goodness, that would make a ton of sense. Um, Willie Rofe might be really high on my list because, holy cow, Pro Bowl left tackle would be uh, pretty awesome right now. I'm doing my Brian Windhorst impression right here. Yeah. Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher. I like Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher was really good for Andy Reid. Was he really was. good for this team. He really was. I know Fish caught a lot of heat because the early part of his career, it took him a little time to grow into the role, but that's not a guy. We just got done talking about guys where it would be the pressure got to him a little bit. Pressure did not get to Eric Reid. It Eric, didn't. Eric Fisher. It got there pretty quick, and under Andy Reid, he grew seriously as a player into a really, really good tackle. I mean, Eric Berry's another one would be a good one. Eric Berry, Eric Berry would be really good just because you could play him a little bit of everywhere. That three yeah. safety set would be pretty, pretty fantastic. And then Jamal Charles. I mean, listen, I love Isaiah Pacheco, but. Imagine a backfield with Jared McKinnon, Jamal Charles. <laughs> And Isaiah Pacheco. I love that that's the order that you put them in. <laughs> yep. Okay, first we got to lead with Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guy, man. Then we're going to bring in Jamal as the solid middle and Pacheco as the closer. He's the third yeah. down back. He's the third down. Yeah. Um. All right. We got one more here coming from Tyler Swayze. The Bears Borgonzi is his Ooh. name on here. Who's this year's Justin Reed? A player that the Chiefs signed that for the most part we didn't see coming. I know this is so tough because we didn't at all see Justin Reed coming. We thought Tyron Matthew was back. So, yeah. Who you got? Tyron Matthew again. Uh, no. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, but uh, that's a really good question. A part of me wants to say it's a wide receiver. Uh, but if you look at the wide receiver market, like, Kobe Myers is the guy that you're wanting to sign, and I don't think that that's the guy you want to spend that money on. Um, and maybe it's not a signing. Maybe it's like I know. I know we had a little bit of conversation about uh, would you, would you not with DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe that conversation goes to Brandon Cooks. Maybe that's kind of a conversation that gets talked about a little bit more. I, I don't know. I, I think it. I really do need to bring somebody on the wide wide receiver. If you walk away from this podcast, 
you got to think, you gotta, they need to add a wide receiver. Because um, that's what I've been thinking about for the past three weeks. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think I, that's not really, that wouldn't be surprising that like the Justin Reed situation would be right because thought that they had seen a wide receiver addition. Yeah. Right. But, but I mean, like, it could be somewhere like, I think even at this point, we're kind of expecting an edge addition because we're conditioned as Chiefs fans to always expect them to add an edge. So it would be somewhere like um, maybe safety again, that they add yeah. another safety who's out there. But I don't know the safety market off the top of my head. I don't know. That's a really good question because they, they will do that, right? Like, they're going to, like, Joe Tooney was that a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, didn't know that they right. were going to sign a guard. I thought they needed a tackle. Um, right. So it was one of those situations. Um uh, yeah, Jerron Reed was the same way. Uh, they signed for an interior guy when they needed an edge. But that's um, yeah, a really good question. I'm going to say, and this is, is going to surprise some people, Jamel Dean, uh, quarterback coming out of the Bucs. Um, if the Kansas City Chiefs have been having conversations with Legereus Sneed and they don't view him at the same value as maybe Legereus Need does. Yes, I know that they've got Trent McDuffie. Yes, I know that they've got Joshua Williams, and they've got Jalen Watson. Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams very clearly being lampooned last year. I know that they played together for a little bit, but those are guys that are, you know, later picks. Those are guys that are day three picks. Legereus Need is being moved on from, and they want to move Trent McDuffie to the slot, I could see a situation where maybe the Chiefs decide to part ways a little bit early with Legereus Need, not condoning it, just saying, get out while you got some value, turn around, and sign a guy like Jamel Dean, a Tier 1 C-bat, a guy that has been ascending, and a guy that can play on the outside, has the length and speed to be trusted, and has played pretty well for Tampa Bay, was a former third-round pick, but has well outplayed the other guys that they drafted around him there. Yeah. So I, I would be interested to see what his market value is. If the Chiefs see a little bit of deficiency with the cornerback market being so strong in the draft and frankly being pretty strong in free agency yeah. here, it might be a little bit devalued to where they think that they can get a guy that they view as a true boundary CB1 out there and maybe make the move ahead of another potential move, hopefully. Yeah, without costing too much money there. If you look at what the Chiefs did kind of prior to free agency, free agency starts the day you're listening to this podcast, obviously, um, on on Monday. Uh, But the Orlando Brown, the Frank Clark, that's step one of probably like 53. Uh, Oh, yeah. I don't think people should get too far ahead of themselves. I know people are kind of overreacting a little bit about, uh, and it's easy to do when you just see that news. It's easy to be like, what is going on now? It. It's a process. Uh, all this stuff happens slow. So, um, yeah, be be patient with all that. I was just looking up the uh, the uh, safety market here, and and the is Devin White a free agent? Why do I think that? Were they talking Devin, about Trenton? Devin White? Um, posted something on social media, I believe, basically kind of insinuating that he was done in Tampa Bay. So that uh, that would be a move that I would be I'd be like. Oh man, that's a that's lot of investment in, <laughs> yes. in linebacker. But I mean, think, I think they would tell you everything that you need to know about Willie Gay Jr. Like, right? Yeah. And I know that's going to be a big conversation into this year because you know this is what is this year four Willie Gay? Yes. So I mean, like that bill's going to come the come due here in a little bit, and that's you're going to have to figure out what you want to do there. Um. And so I think they've got to decide if they want to pay Willie or. Nick Bolton. Nick, yeah. And, right. Frankly, I I could say with pretty strong confidence here that Nick Bolton will be the guy that they want to pay of those two. I love Willie. Sense. I want Willie to stay. I want him both you know, I, I want him on the second level there, but it, yeah, this team I think will end up paying Nick Bolton. I just finally got to uh the quarterback market is running slow for me. Uh yeah. the number one on the list right now in terms of uh twenty twenty two AV. Uh-huh. Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. Uh, Marcus Peters can <laughs> come back. And the reunited closed Pandora's box, uh, I think that uh, that would be hilarious. I, I'd welcome him back. Bring me yeah. those pressers, man. I, Marcus was so great in all of those pressers. I mean, and Bob's not here anymore, so he doesn't have anything to argue with. And plus, I get to talk to DJ all the time about Marcus. Mm. And yeah, DJ has Marcus stories. They're great. So if he was back, we get to tell someone. 
be awesome. Be awesome. And then James Bradbury, bring them both oh, in. That would go. Imagine those practices. Oof. Oh, man. There's, there's a lot of anger. A lot of anger that would be flowing around there. Absolutely. Not a lot of anger between me and Tucker D. Franklin on this Hunt. week's 21 questions. I thank him for joining me. We will be back next week. Enjoy this week of free agency. We will have the lab. We will have you covered with everything at KCSN. Till next time, be kind to each other. We will catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.